This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to another edition of a Total Degenerate Podcast. I am your host, Michael Ellison. I've seen a lot of ugly things in my time. Uh, 16 years delivering pizzas. It's a long time. And you see the worst, some of the worst horrifying things. I've discussed a lot of these on here. The man that answered the door naked. Um, countless times going to, uh, like, crack den uh, motels where there's just, like, hookers and meth labs and all sorts of sketchy people, right? I've I've been through this all. But what happened to me the other day, I can't even begin to describe. I mean, I've seen lots and lots of disgusting shit. There was a lady who once, uh, she she had like a thousand cats. She was a crazy cat lady. And I don't know how the neighbors, because she lived in an apartment complex, like in, like right across, her neighbor was 10 feet away from her. And the smell from this apartment was so pungent and so horrifically horrible of pet dander and cat shit and cat piss like litter boxes that hadn't been cleaned since you know Bush Jr.'s first term just an absolute revolting stench and delivering to her was horrifying beyond belief because she never could she never made it a quick transaction. It wasn't like she just opened the door, took the pie, handed you the cash, and you went. She would keep you waiting at that door for as long as possible. And you just had to just try to figure it out. You had to, because if you breathed in too hard, you, you were going to feel it. You know what I mean? It was going to, you knew it was going to be painful when a stench is just so abhorrently disgusting that it pains you to actually have to smell it you taste it it just uh, your eyes start watering it's so repulsive and so repugnant I, I i mean that's what this was so she was um this crazy cat lady and there was one time where i had no choice i had to I used to try to hold my breath. That's what I would do. I would hold my breath. I'd take like one gasp down the hallway 
Then I'd get there. I'd just keep a smile on. I wouldn't say anything. And I would just sit there and just try to hold it. Try to hold it as long as I fucking could so that I didn't have to breathe in the cat stuff. And she kept me waiting extra long. That I, I couldn't do it. I had to. I had to breathe, right? So I finally give in. And now I'm like completely winded because I haven't, I held my breath as long as I could. And now I take a big gasp in and it is, it's extra ripe today. I don't know if it was because it was like a hot summer day or something or uh, whatever it was. Maybe one of the cats died underneath the pile of shit. I don't really know what it was. But it was so bad. I was, di- I was dying. I couldn't hold back. And when I, she finally gave me the money. I sprinted down the stairs, ran out the front door, and vomit vomited in a bush. Because it was that horrifying. It was that bad. And that's not even as bad of a story is what I'm about to tell. Man, it If you saw my Instagram story, you already kind of have an idea, but I want to give some full background here. I want to give the whole kit and caboodle. So, uh Steve will will go with Steve. Uh Steve's been a he's a drunk. Uh bit of a booze ball. He's been ordering from Sable Pizza as long as I've been working there. Uh, Steve is kind of nomadic. He's not um, somebody that usually uh, settles in for the long haul, you know. Um, He kind of reminds me of a uh, Charles Bukowski character. If anyone's familiar with Charles Bukowski, uh, am I saying his name right? I don't even know. Yeah, it's right. Bukowski. Um, yeah, he reminded me of a character out of one of his books, like Factotum. They're not familiar. They're just like, basically, Bukowski just writes about like working man drunks who can't hold down jobs and they just like bang strippers and kind of drunkenly stumble through their life, getting kicked out of apartment after apartment, barely functioning as human beings. Um, I believe Matt Dillon plays the main role in the movie. Um so yeah, he's like that. He's he's a total just nomadic sloppy drunk who I've been delivering food to for 16 years. So he he's also one of these guys. He never like he used to just order a pie once in a while. Back when he was younger and he kind of had it together a little bit. He had a decent apartment. Uh you know, he was he was always boozed up having a good time, but, you know, he wasn't, like, totally falling apart yet. You could tell it was on its way. You, you know what I mean? Like, you could see it where it's like, yeah, this guy is one shot of Jameson away from liver failure. Um, but he's, uh, you know, uh, having a good time, you know, and he was he would have friends over. So that's why he would always order a pie. But then. 
But then the friends went away. And the friends, well, the friends didn't completely go away, I should say. He just got new friends. And the new friends were uh, basically homeless guys. Like, it went dark quick, you know what I mean? It went from him having, like, a little backyard barbecue to now he's drinking Georgie's with homeless guys. But he always still had a place. He had a, he just moved. He moved uh, to a different place. And it, it was smaller. It was definitely uh, called Cozy. It's definitely kind of more of a rent-a-room situation. Maybe a studio apartment if you're being generous. Um, you know, not a great setup, but, you know, he was still on his feet. You know, he was still out on his own doing what he had to do. Uh, but he was kind of these homeless guys would always hang out in the front of the, the building that he was staying at. And he would just sit on the porch with them and just drink Georgie's vodka. He was ordering then, and then he, he kind of switched off. He stopped getting, you know, he would buy a pie once in a while to treat the homeless guys, but then he got sick of feeding them all the time. So he just started ordering, like, heroes for himself. But the orders started getting a little weirder when he moved again. Because then he moved to a, I don't, it wasn't even like, he was, like, living in an abandoned business at this point. Like, he had, like, a failed antique store, I think it was. Or maybe it was, like, his friend's failed antique store that they both decided to live in. And then they just drank Georgie's vodka there. Um, so, you know, Steve lived uh, a very interesting life. He's uh, drank Georgie's in a lot of exotic places, as you've, you've heard so far. It's been documented. So Steve um, finally finally settles down at the ripe age of, like, 57. Um, <laughs> settles down, uh, you know, he moves into an uh, old folks condo with his wife. Something that in the previous 10 years of delivering to him, I had no idea even existed. Apparently, that whole time, Steve was married. He had a wife. They were, I guess, estranged or something. I don't really know. But they definitely didn't live together, nor had I seen this woman until he got to the condo. So the wife, though, was like the perfect match. She was also a boozed-up psycho who... uh could barely function by the time noon hit. So, you know, I was like, this is this is a good thing for Steve. You know, Steve needed this. Chris Rock's got that old joke like, a churchgoer and a crackhead will never last, but put two crackheads together, that, that shit will last forever. You know, it's the same basic principle. Um. So... <laughs> You know, they were doing well. Things were going good. The house was stocked with booze. She had a credit card, so Steve Steve stopped really paying cash. I think it's just her credit card 
was being used all the time, you know. But the orders got weirder. She was always very needy and would always, like, want... She'd be like, I want spaghetti, but I want butter on it, no sauce, but then I want sauce on the side, and I want one meatball and half a chicken cutlet and a piece of veal. It was always very bizarre, annoying orders from the missus. And Steve, I guess it rubbed off on him because then he was like, I want butter, uh, bread, and a piece of me- and some meatballs and a piece of veal. Like he started doing the weird, dumbass orders too. So now Steve is getting increasingly more needy and annoying, and he's starting he's starting to drink so early that he's calling for not just one meal a day. He's calling for three squares. He's doing breakfast, lunch, dinner delivered from Sable Pizza. And, you know, I can't complain because it's money in my pocket, but it's becoming a bit too much, Steve. Steve, once a day, is enough, Steve. Five minutes of Steve is like a a lifetime of annoying from anybody else. So, you know, uh, five minutes a day is enough. I would like to get it down to like one minute. I'd like it where it's about one minute, Steve. Maybe a week. Maybe a week. But between the phone call, it matter it's really more like 10 minutes of Steve every day because the phone call is also a struggle. He he can't he's so drunk he can't make phone calls anymore. It's very it's very tough for him to communicate. Uh, Two other human beings without like I guess him and the wife they just grunt I think they just they're kind of everted back to a caveman style way of communication where they just grunt at each other and it's just like and that means I need a drink and means like I need a drink and something to eat (laughs) I don't know what the mating call is and I don't want to know so, yeah, he he has a little... That's some difficulty for him to, to get back to using English. And, um, you know, it's it's become increasingly worse. The, uh, the comforts of being a uh, stay-at-home dad, if you will... By the way, Steve, Steve doesn't even have a pet. He, no, thank, I mean, I'm hoping he doesn't have a kid. I haven't seen any kids over there. I'm hoping there is no child, even if that child is like 25, 26 now and has their life together. Uh, that 18 years was probably hell with good old dad Steve. But I'm pretty sure he's childless, which is that's a good win for society right there. Um, So... We're not even there yet, man. I mean, it's so much to... We haven't even gotten to it yet because it's about to get bad. So the comforts have gotten to Steve, you know? Uh, he's, he's, he's tying it on heavy and hard early and often. Uh, he's belligerent. He, can't, he gets to the point where he can't even read 
the credit card numbers to me anymore because he's needed glasses probably for 20 years and he's done nothing about it other than just drink Georgie's vodka. So I'm not, I'm not a, a eye doctor, but I'm pretty sure that doesn't help your vision. Kind of makes things a little blurrier. So um, I, I have to take pictures of Steve's credit cards. Now Steve, Steve doesn't just have her credit card. He's got like five other credit cards. I mean, jokes on them. Honestly, they should. The jokes definitely on them. I don't know how much of a credit line Steve's got going for him at this point, but I don't think he's going to have to worry about paying it back. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be dark here. I'm just saying I don't think Steve's going to have to worry about paying that money back with where he's basically at these days. Um, So I have to take pictures of all of his cards so that now when he calls and I can kind of, I can kind of interpret the, uh, you know, the, the caveman language in which he's trying to communicate, you know? So he'll give me a couple of grunts and I'll be like, all right, side of meatballs, Loaf of bread, butter. He's very big on the butter. You know, I mean, he, he's like, it's it's as if he needs it, you know. But he, uh, he one time, he was so wasted, he forgot that I actually gave him the butter. So he called back, demanded that we bring him butter. I get there, and they're sitting right there in the boxes, all the fucking butter packets that I brought him already. So then I, like, yelled at him. I was I was mad and it's fucking Steve and he's always hammered so he's not going anywhere. My level of customer service is not uh impeccable when it comes to Steve, I'll be honest. I have a very short fuse when dealing with Steve. So he I yell at him. I'm like, "I told you I brought you the butter. It's right fucking there, Steve. You made me drive back here for nothing." And like a sad puppy, like it just a real sad puppy that just got yelled at for pissing on the pissing on the rug. <laughs> Steve swaying drunk on a Tuesday morning. It was like 1145 in the morning swaying already. He just goes, I'm sorry, bro. I'm hammered. And I instantly was trying not to laugh. And I was like, it's all right, Steve. It's all right, buddy. And then he tried to, like, come in for a hug. And I was like, no, no, don't do that. I would never, I would never want Steve to touch me. That would, I would need to immediately go home and take an acid bath. Um. So, yeah, that's a. That was a nice story about Steve, but it's time to get to the real nitty gritty of what happened the other day. I mean, I think I've gone on long enough, but I, I'll make this clear. Like I've I've seen Steve. I watched Steve fall into a cabinet one time and knock an entire fucking cabinet down. And fortunately, it missed his head narrowly by inches. And he's, you know, I've seen him in the worst of conditions. 
there was, I would say good, bad, and ugly, but it's just been really bad and really ugly. And this was by far the most ugly and disgusting was when I showed up the other day. So I get onto Steve's front porch and I get that reminiscent scent from the disgusting cat lady I was telling you about earlier. A a pungent stench. And I'm outside on a porch. His con, like, you know, I'm I'm not in a confined building where there's no airflow. I am outside and I can already smell something resembles the smell of a rotting corpse i i would imagine uh coming from steve's house so now i ring the bell i take a couple of steps back steve opens the door and it's brutal it was like a vicious attack on my fucking nostrils I I regretted having a sense of smell after this moment. And Steve takes the food. He kind of mumbles something. I It's so bad at this point. I'm like, I'm not going to throw up on Steve's fucking porch right now. I pick my shirt up. I put it over my nose right in front of Steve. I, I, I'm like... Why am I going to allow myself to be tortured by this disgusting odor in front of Steve? What, is he going to judge me because I put my shirt over my face? So he's mumbling something, and I go, Steve, what the fuck is that smell? And then he just goes, the only thing I can hear clearly, accident. Accident is all I can hear clearly. And he waves me inside. I take a step into the threshold. And the kitchen is directly to the right. And. As if it was. um, Something out of like an exorcist movie. Like where they just smeared blood. But it wasn't blood. There was just a massive river of liquid brown diarrhea shit all over the floor there's one towel placed over the top just kind of smearing it more uh i felt like kind of like the guys in um chernobyl where like the meters are going off the closer they get to the fucking Reactor, and at this point, I like the the meter is going off the fucking rails because I'm standing right next to a pile of Steve's shit, and I immediately revolt back. I take a few steps back. The shirt is useless at this point. It, it it does nothing, just like the suits in Chernobyl. It's doing nothing, and I just go fuck Steve, and I walk away. I didn't puke, but I did want to die. I wanted to die because Steve shit himself in his kitchen 
and just threw a shirt or a towel. It was a towel over the top of it and said, that's good enough. An absolute animal of a human being. What the fuck, Steve? You ruined, like, you ruined my weekend because of that. You truly ruined my weekend, Steve. And I want you to know that. Oh, God. It was just it, it, horrifying. Just horrifying. I, I, I had to share it. Everybody else had to feel the horror that I felt. Fucking shit stained, Steve. The summer is upon us. Beach weather is here. It is bright. It is sunny. It is hot. Uh, it is time to get out there. Hang out with your friends. Check out the fucking girls on the beach looking good. Put your shades on, your hater blockers, and you sit down on the beach. You lay your towel down. You put your headphones in. And what do you do? You turn on soothing music? No, fuck that shit. You turn on the soothing sound of my voice and you listen to a total degenerate podcast while you sit there on the beach and your girlfriend reads a book and then she goes, what are you listening to? And you go, ah, nothing really. And then she's like, no, come on, tell me what you're listening to. All right, I'm listening to the greatest podcast ever made. And then she's like, wow, that's crazy. Tell me more about it. And then now you turn her into a listener. So now next time she's not reading the fucking dumb book that she's reading where it was like something about like a dude who's cheating on his wife, so he wants to kill his wife, but then the wife gets the drop on him, and then she hires a private investigator, and the private investigator falls in love with her, and it becomes this weird sort of murder mystery thing where everybody involved fucks each other. The private investigator fucks the husband. The husband fucks the wife. The wife fucks the private investigator, and then uh, somebody else gets fucked. Everybody's getting fucked, and everybody's trying to kill the other person, and it's a boring-ass book, and who wants to read that shit when you can listen to this podcast so get out there tell your friends listen to a total degenerate podcast follow the podcast on instagram you get great updates like when i go to a guy's house and he takes his shit on the floor you don't get that update anywhere else you're not gonna get that out of some fucking murder mystery weird romance novel bullshit fuck that don't spend your summer with that nonsense get on board the sensation that is a total degenerate podcast and uh, tell all your friends and for everybody that's already liked, subscribed, rated, reviewed, said very kind words. I would always like to say thank you to you and tell everybody else to do the same. Thanks. So I went on a date last week. And uh, I thought it went pretty well. I thought it was uh, an okay night. I, I was happy with the results um but you know eventually uh and fortunately this happened quick uh you know you could tell that there's an expiration date on certain relationships and I have a newfound respect for the importance of chemistry after this experience because see what happened is um you know, I met this girl and, uh, you know, she uh, was rather a aggressive is the correct terminology I guess you could use. Um, and I wasn't ready for that. You know, I'm kind of been used to the uh, shy girl. You got to ease into it. You got to get to know her. You got to you got to establish that you're like 
you know, a funny, kind, considerate type of person before you're going to get anywhere. And this was rapid fire how quick um, things kind of escalated. Uh, and, you know, escalation, not necessarily uh, a bad thing, but just uh, it got a little weird, right? So um, I should have recognized something. Now that I'm looking back on it, I should have recognized some of these warning signs that I was kind of getting that this was not the right match, you know? Um, there was some right out the gate. Um, she described me as yummy right out the gate, which I thought was, it was kind of like, my first thought was Hannibal Lecter refers to human beings as yummy. But then my next thought was like, that's something that like a stripper says to like, a used car salesman who's lost his confidence to try to make him feel better. She's like, oh, you're just so yummy. And, like, he's like, yeah, I am yummy, aren't I? Meanwhile, like, you know, she's like, this guy's a fucking loser, and I'm just going to milk him for another 100 bucks with this another dance. So, you know, I was kind of, it was somewhere, it's somewhere between those two uh, different, two things, you know what I mean? Like, it's, Somewhere between I'm going to eat you because I'm a cannibal and stripper trying to build up a sad, not confident salesman. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was an, a weird comment more now that I think back on it. And what became more glaringly obvious as the week went on that we talked leading into the date as well as the date itself and post-date. Um, she was definitely um, just, she was after one thing, and that would be sex. She she was not interested in me and for for any other reason. No matter what I said to her, like, you know, I would tell her about, I don't know, not that I'm that interesting of a guy, but, you know, I try to play, you know, I'm trying here, people, you know what I mean? I'm trying to play myself up, trying to pump up the greatness of Mike Ellison, you know? So I'm like, yeah, you know, I do stand-up comedy, I have my own podcast, and she she was like, oh, that's interesting, so do you want to send me a picture of your cock? And it's just like, how do you deal with that, like? I don't know, but I listen, I feel like this after this whole experience is that I need to uh, reach out to the women of the world and I would like to uh, formally apologize on the behalf of basically most men, uh, especially, you know, the really creepy fucking like sex addicted fucking can't think about anything else type dudes that every woman has had to deal with at some point making them out to be like an object of sexual desire instead of just like a human being with thoughts and feelings and all that good stuff. Cause that's what I began to feel like dealing with her. And I know that I got dudes that I'm friends with who are probably listening to this right now being, Oh, poor you. Oh, poor you. Some woman wanted to treat you like her sex slave. 
you fucking douche. Really, bro? And it's like, you know, I'm, I would, I thought I'd be okay. I thought I'd be okay with it. And I was okay with it for one night. But then, um, when it started to go further than that, I started to like, just kind of, you know, I was just kind of like, this is not a turn on. Like, you know, she presented it the wrong way. That's, I, that's part of what I blame on her is that she could have presented herself a little more honestly about what she was looking for here. You know what I mean? Like she could have been a little more, Hey, I'm not trying to make this into a, a long-term relationship. I'm not looking for a future husband or even a boyfriend. I'm just looking to get dick down uh, as fast and hard as I can immediately. And there's nothing wrong with that. Ladies are allowed to do that just as much as dudes are allowed to do that. You know, I mean, most dudes are getting high fives to doing that. But, um, yeah, I was not kind of, I, I kind of approached it like, you know, I was actually trying to court this lovely lady. And so there I am like asking questions about her job and her family and her personal life. And she's just like, do you want to jack off and look at my tits on a FaceTime? Like, no, I'm not in a war zone in a different country just fucking waiting to die. Like, that's the situation where you might jack off on a FaceTime. But you don't really feel like jerking off on a FaceTime when somebody lives five miles away from you. I think I would either jerk off by myself or, you know, maybe you just come over and we could do the whole thing in person. That that type of deal. But, you know, she was, uh, yeah, like I said, she was very aggressive. Um, she, uh was not happy with, uh, me and my, uh, you know, silly old me thinking that like she actually wanted to like get to know me foolish of me. Uh, but Hey, listen, we had our, we had our fun. And when you, uh, lose love, don't lose the lesson. You know, I mean, that's, that's what I came with, wait, wait, with. The the parting texts were pretty funny because part of the the whole thing of why I think she was just after pure sex was that she's um what's that thing where uh a man and a woman they uh they put rings on each other's fingers and they go through a whole ceremony usually involving a priest or some sort of um, religious uh, figure there to uh, perform the ceremony. And I uh, sometimes there's a, a, an agreement made amongst lawyers about uh, the assets within that relationship beforehand, or um, there's certainly a uh, license involved that involves you have to go to a court. I believe it's called marriage. Um, 
Yeah, so there was one of those involved in this situation. And um, I, as most are aware, I'm not married. So, yeah, that's kind of a contributing factor to the sense of urgency that I felt that she had had about the situation. Silly me thinking that uh, that wasn't the case. <laughs> so, yeah, when the text finally came for the uh, the conclude our uh, brief relationship. I don't know why I used the relationship. Um, yeah, the, the texts back and forth were pretty, uh, funny cause she was like trying to basically conjure reasons for why, you know I mean? Like why this can't last for long. And I really kind of wish I did call her out on some level about the whole, like, Hey, I'm still married. My bad. I kind of left that element out of this. Because that's kind of an important element, you know? It's a little bit of an important element. It's a completely different game, you know what I mean? It's like I showed up to play fucking basketball with my friends and then all of a sudden there's, you know, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, fucking Dwayne Wade, like the entire fucking cast of Space Jam, every fucking Shaq, you know, name it. Like all of a sudden all those guys are on the court. It's a different ball game now. We're playing at different stakes is all I'm trying to say. You know, I mean, I'm not saying one's harder than the other. As a matter of fact, the, the ball game I was playing, I guess you could say it was almost easier because really all I had to do was not fuck up. You know what I mean? All I had to do was not say something really, really dumb, which I do do sometimes. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you've heard me say some dumb shit. So, uh, yeah, I just didn't have to say anything stupid and this was going to be a victory. You know what I mean? We were going to get to the end zone. It was going to be a home run, whatever you want to, you know, whatever innuendos you want to use in sports references. Um, but (laughs) it was just, it's just wild to me how people can just be so fucking just like unaware of their own bullshit. And it just seems to be uh, a thing that's very um, prevalent on the online dating circuit uh, where, you know, you get people. And unfortunately, because it sounds sexist coming from me because it's like I'm just a dude dealing with women. So, you know, I'm always criticizing the women on this but i'm sure there's dudes that are full of shit matter of fact now that i think about it i literally just thought of this i a friend of mine she just dealt with a dude who was a complete piece of shit and it's a good fucking a great story in that we were at a bar and she was this guy just texted her on the on the site hey want a bang hey want a bang that's how he opened no, hey, how are you? No, this is my name. Nothing. Just, hey, do you want to bang? So, we had some fun with it. I can't, this is actually like, I I rarely go this deep. Into it. This was literally perfect timing. I just thought of this story on the fucking top of my head. And it just, it just happened this past week. So, it's perfect. So, now, 
she's like, what do I say? I'm like, tell him yes. Tell him yes. Yes, you do want to bang. So she's like, yes, I do. He goes, great. Where are you? So now we, I'm like, I'm doing my fucking research. I'm like, okay, this is the closest house to the bar we're at. It's, you know, there's a side street. I'm like, okay, boom. Tell him this is your address. Tell him this is your address because that way if he actually shows up, we could go outside and see if he's there. And this fucking psycho, because he has to be a psycho, by the way, to literally ask, hey, do you want to bang and get back? Yes, I do. Then say, where's your address? And then immediately get an address and not see that as a fucking red flag that you're getting set up. You are getting set the fuck up to get fucking let down. And you're going to go there with a pack of condoms and a hard on thinking it's going to work out. You are a fucking idiot. And something like probably mentally insane. So like an hour goes by and we, we stop thinking about it. And all of a sudden she gets another message. And she's and it's him. And there there he is. He's like, I'm here. She's like, all right, hold on. I'm in the shower. I'll come meet you at the door in a second. He's like, great. So now I go, I look, I see the car. There's a car with the lights on. He's fucking sitting in the car. I'm laughing. I walk back in. I'm like, oh, he's there. There's someone definitely parked in front of that fucking house right now. So we left him there for like a half hour. Finally, after half an hour of sitting in his fucking car, probably like just thinking that he's the... He's a god of women. Like, I can't believe it was this fucking easy. Yeah, because it's always that easy, pal. So, um... (laughs) He finally hits her back up. She makes the dumb mistake. I don't know what the fuck she was thinking. But she tells him where we are. She just tells him. I'm what the fuck are you doing? The whole idea of this was to fucking laugh at him. So now he's like confused because he's like, I thought you said you were home. And she's like, yeah, I snuck out the back door and ran over to the bar. Come meet me at the bar. So now he's driving past the bar. He's creeping back and forth. He's like, he's thinking it over. He's thinking about rolling in. He comes to the, he actually got out of the car. He parked the car. He gets out of the car. He's walking for the door. There I am sitting at the end of the bar, kind of laughing, also kind of afraid because now it's like I'm the dude in the situation sitting sitting with this girl. So now if I just start laughing and he starts calling her like a cunt and, you know, gets really hostile, like I got to step in here. I'm like, fuck this. I'm like, God damn it. Why the fuck did you tell him where we actually were? But then I guess a moment of clarity had finally kicked in. Like somehow the brain had finally beaten the penis in terms of what was driving him in that moment. And the brain went, hey, fuck sticks. No one's going to fuck you when you just say, do you want to bang? You really thought that was going to work? So he gets all mad, I guess, and he leaves. He, he, he literally turned around at the front door, like hand on the front door. Something went off in his brain. 
He turns around. He gets back in the car. He sends another message. So you were just fucking with me? To which we replied, well, did you think wanna bang was really going to work? Did you really think it? Because it, of course it shouldn't work. It shouldn't work for anyone. But yeah, man, there's lots of mutants out there. That's that's my point. You know, they're not gender discriminant necessarily. I'm sure there's probably more dudes that are creeps. But I got a newfound fucking... Because I felt like... That's the thing. Like, you know, I, I like I said, you know, she was fucking aggressive to a point where I was like, it, this isn't even fun. And then, like, most of my dude friends right now, are, you fucking douchebag. Stop being a bitch, bro. You should be happy. And it's like, kind of was, kind of not. Because it's like, at some point, there's, you know, there's sexy and, like, and, you know, this is fun and flirty and hot and, like, something's good's going to happen from it. And then there's just, like, prison rapey. And that was definitely prison rapey. My buddy from Texas is calling right now. I got to call him back. Eric, can I call you back in two minutes? I'm recording the podcast. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Talk to you. Talk to you shortly. All right. (laughs) Fucking Texan now, that guy. But, uh, yeah, to wrap it up, you know, listen, you don't want... Most people, like, you know... They don't want to be uh, felt like they're a, a fucking object of someone's desire. And that's what I felt like on that date with that fucking girl. Still, I think I'd rather be her rape victim than have to smell Steve's shit again. That I think I... I Steve's shit will haunt my night- nightmares for the rest of my life. No doubt about it. Until next week, y'all.